You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. And if you want to get your money's worth, stay right here because you're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. And remember, everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. This is Don West here, and I'm telling you, knockouts and three counts is the podcast, baby! Make sure that's the one you check out, because buddy, like me, they're the real deal, baby! This is Jake the Snake Roberts, just let me know. You need to listen to knockouts and three counts, or you'll see that damn snake again. This is the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, a.k.a. Shane T, boy, the baddest champion you've ever seen, boy, and you're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. What up, everybody? This is Kyle, and you are back watching Knockouts and Three Counts, and, you know, I had this cool open that I was going to do where, like, as soon as it got done running Shane's little intro, I was going to just throw right to it, but Shane's running a little bit late. He is on this show. I just got a text from him. He'll be here in the next few minutes. And as always, ever since we got into this fucked up world of pandemic, I'm joined by Corey. How you doing, brother man? I'm doing, you know, another fine quality Tuesday. How you doing, my brother? Hey, man, I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm uh, I'm here, man. And you can make sure you're checking out the show at KO3CPod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on Facebook. If you're watching us live, you already are. Make sure if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button. And hey, you can find me at Detroit Knockout on the Twitter and the Instagrams. All right, Corey. So while we're waiting for Shane to come in and grace us with his presence here, um, tell me your thoughts on the UFC fight that we had this past weekend. All right, Paul Felder uh, stepped in on short notice to face RDA and showed why he is an absolute fucking savage. Please give us your thoughts. So now that uh, the Monday has passed, which is normally the day of most of the MMA shows, I've been able to kind of watch and digest most of the, uh, you know, more professional analysts uh, opinion and stuff. And I kind of agree with all of them. I don't know, you know, who views this show and views, you know, whatever else content, but I don't, I don't want to, you know, beat a dead horse over here, but nobody really lost in this fight. RDA definitely won. That's for sure. But you can't take anything away from Paul Felder. He put on a hell of a performance. He was on five days notice, really four days. If you want to count in making weight and everything like that, which was the real issue. Um, no training camp. Um, self-admitted hadn't been in a MMA gym in over four months prior to the fight and showed up there and put on a hell of a performance. I mean, it wasn't a losing effort. Like I said, RDA was the winner in that right. But um, my thoughts was nobody lost, man. That was a, that was a hell of a uh, main event. They both, they both, uh, Looked really great out there. I was glad to see RDA make his way back down to 55, where I feel like he should have been the whole time. Um, 
that was one thing that I feel like didn't maybe get as much light as it should have. Uh, this was his first fight back at 55 and I believe like three or four years. Um, he looked really good, man, especially for an aging guy to, you know, go up a weight class, gain the muscle, go on, you know, everything that goes with that. And then to realize he was undersized, come back down where I feel as though he belonged the whole time and put on the performance he did. It was an awesome main event, man. How, I mean, how it was a great fight. No, no arguments here. It was a great fight. Uh, Paul Felder's a fucking savage. To take a fight like that on five days' notice, man, that that really shows the balls like said, you got. Like and, I said, like too, really, even though it was five days' notice for the fight, it was really four days for the fight being the fight on the scale. That that that's what I one thing too that I feel is a right. Really needs to be I completely agree. And for those of you who are watching and waiting for Shane Taylor, yes, he is coming. Like I said, we just got the text. He's coming in here shortly. He was just finishing up a workout after that badass match that he had on Ring of Honor TV. If you were watching, if you haven't checked it out, you need to check out his match and getting that dub over Kenny King. And we're going to talk about that real, real soon. You don't Um, stay in the kind of shape that man stays in without staying in the gym, man. Sometimes them things run a little bit over. He'll he'll be on. Give Give it a minute. Hey, man, that man is like a freight train when he's coming at you in the corner. Like I said, it's uh, as far as the fights, though, I mean, it was it was definitely a great main event. My thing is, though, man, we're kind of running into that thing where you and I talk about with the UFC before, and it's hard for him not to with as many fights as they're running. But it's kind of like sometimes I feel like there's just cards where they just throw some shit together. Was this a good main event? Yes, Absolutely. but. It wasn't one of those cards where I'm like, holy shit, I yeah, got to watch it. There was no standouts necessarily other than the fact that our boy from the 313 made a man stiff for roughly And was number one on the Sports Center top 10. That, I mean, Dana White post reposted the fight on his Twitter, on, his, on all of his socials. I mean, it was... It was an incredible fight. The fact that I think a lot of people are just seeing the the knockout blow itself and not seeing the fact that he fainted the jab to lead into it. And it, I mean, the leg kicks to lead to it, everything about it, man. Chaos Williams, welcome aboard, man. Second fight in the UFC. Obviously, the UFC sees something in them because they're moving them into a co, uh, co-main event position right away. And uh, he did not disappoint, my brother. He uh, he looked great. Hey, man, you can't. I mean, you can't ask for much of a better performance and like that. Like I, I said, I, I, may, I don't. I don't. Okay, I, I don't have his his opponent's name in front of me, but Arum uh, Al I'm sure I butchered the hell out of that, but it was close. Um, but. That that guy is no joke, and for for chaos to go in there and just put it on him the way he did, man. I'm sorry if I interrupt the the delay. Kind of played some games, but man, it, it just needs to be mentioned. His opponent was no joke. I actually think the UFC and the betters actually saw Chaos Williams as the one getting. You know, he was the food, not the feed. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, yeah. he's one of them guys they ha- they kind of are like being forced to throw him into the spot because, you know, he keeps knocking guys out. But, I mean, 
Mm-hmm. Call it A side, call it B side, call it whatever you want. When you sleep a man like that, there's not really a whole lot that anything or anyone can really say. Did you see? Did you see the line that they posted all over Twitter after? No, I didn't. Oh yeah, they, yeah. Are you talking about where uh, let them keep sleeping on me if they do? The doctor will wake them up. Yep. And then our boy, past show of the past guest of the show, Jamal Hill, reposted saying, "Man." Not trying to take the credit or nothing, but Chaos Williams done ripped the line from him. Hey, man, it don't matter. That line is gold. And Shane Taylor just texted me he's going to be in here in two seconds with us right now. Um, Like I said, man, it's – I don't know, man. Like I said, you can't really ask for much more than that. And when a UFC fight gets on uh, the top ten – Mm-hmm. And his number one, I mean, it says enough. One, one more standout performance before he jumps in that really stood out to me. I don't think got enough attention. Hold maybe on, Corey, because... one second. Hey, Dave, our uh, our guest is about to be joining us in a second. So if somebody else tries to join the room, let him in. All right, go ahead. I was going to say one of the uh, standout of the perform standout performances of the night that kind of got buried because of the state of the card, and you know how it played out and the fact it was earlier in the night was actually a matchup between two very young um, up-and-comers in the uh, women's strawweight division. Uh, both of them were some 21-year-olds. Corey, Corey McKenna. Um, uh, why am I drawing a blank on her opponent's name? Kay Hansen. And that was an incredible fight, man. Them girls went at it. They went back and forth. Um, there was some really good ground position. There were some really good uh, stand-up battles. I, I was I was really impressed with those young girls. Sometimes you see, you know, the UFC gets uh, their hands on these young uh, up-and-comers a little young like that. And sometimes they just can't go out there and perform to the level that both of these girls did on the night. I was impressed, that's for sure. Hey, man. I mean, like I said, that's the thing. Like, with cards like these, they're ones where it's like, okay, am I super, like, holy shit, I got to see this card? No. Mm -hmm. But then those are ones where you get people where, like you said, you know, they're kind of trying to scrap and get their way on TV and things like that, man. It it totally, you know, like I said, you always are, you know, good to see at least one or two good scraps on any UFC card. They're not in the UFC for no reason. I mean, like I said. There's, I don't know, like they said, not every card is going to be your stacked New Year's Eve card or your Madison Mm. Square Garden type card or anything like that, man. You know, it kind of, you know, it kind of depends on the fight. But speaking of fights, you know, another past guest of the show, Justin James, just got announced for his next fight. back at it again, boy. Hey, like I said, December, December 8th, if I'm not mistaken, December 4th or December 8th. I would have to, I would have to look. December 4th, December 8th, he's stepping back in the cage. Corey, what are your thoughts on this matchup? It's, I think it's definitely going to be another t- tough matchup. Yet again, I'd have to look at the post for the opponent's name off the top of my head. Um, got too many damn names to try to keep up with to just remember everything off the top. But um, I, I do, I am definitely familiar with his opponent. He's had a couple fights in the UFC. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe his opponent is three and one or two and one in the UFC. Um, so he's no slouch himself. I believe this is kind of, uh, he'll, 
Justin alluded to it last time he was on the show that uh, the UFC's kind of uh, at this point with him, like you were saying with Chaos Williams too, where he came in in such an incredible fashion and earned such a high praise that they they have a lot of faith. Uh oh, uh oh. Look who it is, man. I was telling him before you got before you came in, brother man, that I had uh we've got your drop right on the end before the show starts. I was like, I had this sick thing, but then it kind of just, you know, it is what it is. But without any further ado, like you heard on the end of the intro, it's the baddest you ever seen, boy. We are joined by Shane Taylor. How you doing, brother man? I'm good, boss. How are you? Hey, man, I'm breathing. I just got done flipping that mail like we're usually talking about during some war zone, so I can't complain Dude, too much. Shit, bro. I'm, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just fresh out the gym. Training went a little longer than usual. Just getting prepped, you know what I mean? So uh, sorry sorry for being late, but you know what I'm saying? Work comes first for always. Hey, it hey, is man. what it is, man. I, I, I was making. I was making the point, man. You can't stay bodied up like that without staying in the gym, man. A couple extra minutes ain't gonna hurt nobody, you know. Exactly, exactly, bro. Got gotta get in. Got babies to take care of. <laughs> oh, I, I right. feel it, man. Them kids don't don't stop eating, man. I can't stop Facts, working. That's, bro. that's the Facts. motive, you know. Yes, All right. Sir. So as we were talking about, you know, we were talking about some fights before you hopped in. Were you able to check out the UFC fights that happened this weekend? The Paul Felder fight. Say that one more time. We're breaking up a little bit. I said, uh, did you, uh, did you cool? Yeah. The, uh, listen, shout out to Paul Felder for being an absolute G about all that, bro. Like he cut cut, what? 15 pounds in three days, bro. Bro. No, not 15 pounds, bro. He, he, he came out and did an interview. I was watching, uh, just, I believe it was yesterday or the day after it was Sunday or today or Monday, either or. He came out and actually admitted what his weight was when he accepted the fight. He he accepted it at 178. To get all the way down to 155? Right. Yeah. So you're talking 23 pounds <laughs> on, in three days. Four, they make the, like, I, we, we went over this a little bit while we were doing the run-up right. to the, you know. But uh, it was really a four-day notice fight in, in my eyes because the fight was to make the scale. And he, right. and he you know he outperformed that like crazy. I mean, he, he performed like crazy in the fight. It was a win for RDA. That's for damn sure. But man, right. You can't take nothing away from my boy, uh, Paul at Redbeard, all. Not, man. not at all. But see, this is the thing, right? That dramatic of a weight cut, your speed's not there. Your power's not there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like people don't understand what a weight cut does. Right. And even like for boxers, right. Even if once they cut, you have time to rehydrate, even going into the fight, you're not 100%. You're still not hitting full power. You're still not there full speed. You're still not there full reflexes. You know what I mean? So um, for him to go out there and do that and perform the way he did, man. The funniest part, though, was that judge that scored it for him, and he was like, fuck. <laughs> did you even, even his face was like, man, come on, man. I didn't win this fight. What the Right, right. <laughs> Dude, and that's the worst part. When you yourself are the one that's like getting called for the dub, and you're like, "Yo, what the fuck, bro?" (laughs) Like, listen, see, you know what? That brings up a perfect question, right? You and I talked about this last night when we were playing Warzone, man. Right. We need to have a different criteria for MMA and boxing judging. 
It can't mm-hmm. be it can't be the same thing. I feel like A, you need to have some kind of experience, but they can't be judged under the same criteria, I feel like. Right. And it's like, and that that's the crazy thing because there, there are multiple different techniques and disciplines. So if you're an MMA judge, I feel like you would have to be well versed in every aspect of mixed martial arts in order to be judging what you're seeing correctly. Right. Now, whereas with boxing, I feel like there's just way too much, like there needs to be a standard of what you're judging because too much of it is on preference. Right. A lot of people will sit there and go, oh, well, he's pushing the pace, so he's winning the fight. And that's not the case. You could be walking forward all day, but if you're walking forward in the punches, you're not winning the damn fight. <laughs> you know nope. what I mean? So, yeah. Dude, and, and that's the thing. I feel like that's where people have their beef when it comes to guys like a Floyd or like oh, a dude like that who kind of throws a bunch of punches and they don't you know, necessarily have the thing because a lot of people will see him walk forward. But the thing is, Floyd had the knockouts in the beginning to start with. Or what I mean, and then you'll then you'll see judges on the complete other hand of it, on mm-hmm. the opposite side of aggression completely. That are that'll score, like for, for instance, I mean, I know it's kind of a complete out there reference, but that the Connor Floyd fight back in the day, um, all them judges that scored the first couple of rounds for uh, Floyd, dude didn't even throw a punch in the first two rounds. He threw like right. two punches. I mean, right? Yeah, defensive is defense is defense, mm-hmm. but defense you can't. It's not. It's not the NFL. You can't catch an interception and score a, a pick six. There's no. <laughs> you can't score off defense in in my eyes. You know? Oh, for sure. But I mean, this is like that's that's the beauty of boxing, though, especially when you're talking about people that are knowledgeable in what they're seeing. So. For example, right, like I watched the fight with a buddy of mine live and I told him before it started, I'm like, look, the first two to three rounds, Connor's going to look great. I was like, fourth round, he's going to start to slow down. Fifth round and sixth round, he'll slow down a a considerable considerable bit more. He'll start taking shots. Round seven, eight, nine, Mm -hmm. it's going to start getting bad. Round 10, he's out of there. Yeah, and, and my guy's like, oh no, 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 no. I'm like, what? <laughs> and sure, and the the environment that we're in, right? It was unabashedly all for Connor. Like it was, yeah, uh-uh, it was dude. Connor to the death, right? And I understand wanting Connor to win, and even hoping he wins, right? But to believe he was going to win. If the if the best professional boxers in the world can't touch this guy for damn near twenty years in the sport, this dude's about to come do it. Stop it, man. <laughs> Stop it. Right. So he gets knocked out in the tenth. Like I said, was going to happen, and the whole place you would have thought everybody's dog died collectively. Like it was <laughs> ridiculous. And I'm sitting there, people are in tears, and I'm like, "Yo, come on, <laughs> they love come that dude, on. man. What did y'all think, bro?" Bro, they took the bait, man. They took the bait, man. You put the uh, you put the the hook in the water, man. People 100%. are gonna bite, bro. Hook, line, and sinker. They took it, and I, I was like, listen, man. I get, I get the promotion, I get set selling tickets, all the banner back and forth. But come on, and, and, and y'all heart of hearts, you gotta know he's got no shot. He's got no shot. Like, but it was a 
kid will do. Just like with Maidana, Floyd is intelligent, right? He, he knows exactly what he has to do to win a fight. And so if you're telling me that, hey, you have three fights left on this contract, right? I don't really want to take a risk against any crazy opponent. But what I can do is make this guy look great, look like he almost won, right? Get $100 million out, out this guy that only a few people have ever heard of. Now he's a household name. Now I get his ass in a rematch and knock him out. Why? Because I know he can't fucking hang with me. <laughs> but I'm trying to get these fights off the contract, right? So I need to go out there, make him look great, use all of my tools to make it just close mm -hmm. enough that where people want to see it again, and I go beat his ass like I should have in the first place. I mean, the dude's a genius. His business yeah. acumen is second to none. You know what I mean? And But getting back to the point of stylistics, right? People think because you're a counter fighter that somehow you're not pushing the pace. And it's like, no, you are still dictating the action, but you're doing it mm -hmm. on your terms. A guy yep. can walk forward all 12 rounds, but if he's throwing and he's hitting off shoulders and where he's hitting, uh, that's another thing too. A lot of people don't yep. know what scores in boxing. So they think just because you're throwing, it's all counting and mm -hmm. it's not. Nope. You know what I mean? If you're grazing shoulders or you're hitting gloves mm -hmm. or you're hitting the waistband, it's not really doing, that's not really scoring points. You know what I mean? you got to yeah. land those clean, effective shots. And if you go forward, you throw 100 shots, but you only land 10, I throw 30 and hit 12, I win. <laughs> yeah. Or at yeah. least it yeah. should be that way. Yeah. But, I mean, all right, we're talking about landing shots. We're talking about making impacts. Dude, since the last time we talked to you in February, you and your homies with Shane Taylor Promotions have been doing your thing. You and SOS have been running rough shot on Ring of Honor. So, first of all, Congrats on the big dub against Kenny King. And, you know, you talk about, you know, stories going into, uh, you know, stories going into fights, stories going into rematches. Mm. I know going into that match, you were one and one with Kenny King in singles competition. I was oh and this two. is a big dub. Oh for and you. Two. It had you one on one on, it said one and one, uh, one and one on the screen last night. Well, oh. then somebody made a typo or I didn't read it right. Yeah. Either way, <laughs> oh and two makes it even better for you to get you that. Better, you better check them glasses, Kyle. Hey, you know look, I, mean? I wear them for a reason. Sue me, all right? <laughs> he was up Jane can attest my aim isn't always so great. But tell me about that match, man, and what did that match mean to you? Bro, and, th and this is not hyperbole. This is not any cliche shit. Like, that match was everything to me. Because for anybody that knows me, I am chasing legacy, right? Th this is, mm -hmm. in my eyes, the only two people that I am chasing as far as legacy goes are Kenny King and Jay Lethal. Our careers are going to be intertwined. They're going to be compared. Those are the guys, those are the milestones that I have to pass, right? This is LeBron chasing Kobe. This is LeBron chasing Jordan, in my opinion. So to be 0-2 against Kenny, with him being my friend, with him being my mentor, my my big brother, the guy that's, you know, like 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 he said, I've been sort of walking in his footsteps my entire career at ROH. To be zero and two against him, it was paramount that I, I I had to beat him. I had to. If I had gone zero and three, then not only am I not set, setting the example for my guys, but you know that's that's just another another mental block in in my way. And at, at some point, those things become too hard to overcome and they and they become self-fulfilling prophecies right like damn i just can't beat this guy i can't beat this guy and then it's in your head you can't beat this guy and then you never do 
So I had to dig out and, and, and remember each lesson he taught me along the way. And that's what, and the lesson number two that he taught me was incapacitate your opponent early. Never give them a chance to get back into it. And that's what you saw in that match. You know, he wanted to do the fist bump and I knew I can't be friendly with him. I can't respect him. I can't, in my mind, he's got to be the ops. And it, and it hurts. It hurts to say that because I, I don't want to be in that mindset when going against one of my brothers. But um, it, it, it was simply something that I had to do. So I had to give him that shot. A lot of people are calling it the single greatest strike in the history of ROH. But I, I, I had to put him down and, and I couldn't let him get back into it. And credit to Kenny. That just shows the heart and tenacity and why he is as good as he is, why he's a multiple time champion. He still battled back and was still right there. But in the end, you know, it was Shane T's time. So I love it because now we're getting to see you kind of get your shot, you know, to get up towards uh, the world title and things. But that's not not the only thing that you've been uh, busy with, man. You know, uh, before this, you and SOS kind of had a thing. You guys, you faced off with EC3 and they're kind of going head to head with the Briscoes right now. Um, tell me a little bit about that. You know, I know obviously everybody that knows you knows you're from Cleveland. Uh, EC three has got his background from Ohio. So tell me, uh, your thoughts on your dealings with Mr. EC three. And did you guys have any like prior, like relationship at all before he came into ROH? I've, I've known him the better part of my adult life. You know what I mean? Like, uh, around the same time that I met Ray Rowe. Um, but he was on his way out of the Cleveland slash Midwest scene as I was on my way in. And so we, we, we always knew the same people, but never rolled in the same circles, if, if that makes sense. Right. So, um, but from what I saw from the outside was he was always touted as the guy, right. Ta- always touted as the star and for good reason. Like he, he looks like a million dollars jacked to the gills and, he made everybody right. He went on to do amazing things, to, to do incredible things, win world championships. And he was every bit the star and is every bit the star that people said he, that he was going to be. Fast forward, you know, 13 years. And now he's not he's not at those places. Now, like I told him, he's walking into my house. And you don't just walk in, in my house and don't wipe your feet. You don't come here disrespect me, start talking about the greatest talents in ROH and leave my name out of it, please. That's that, that's not how it goes. So I had to let him know from the beginning, this is not Cleveland. This is not anywhere else you've been. You are walking into my company. You are walking into my house, the guy that has been putting Ring of Honor on his back for the last three years. You are not going to c- come in and jump over me or overlook me. That's just not what's going to happen. Well, one thing I want to allude to, and I can I can just tell in the way that you're talking about him. I mean, you you can tell that you feel real pride for him. I mean, for the company that you work for. I mean, that's you know what makes you feel that way. What what what's brought you through the story that you've gotten to to get such a respect? You know, on the brand that you're putting on your shoulders, essentially. Man, it's it's the entire history, right? Everybody knows the history of Ring of Honors, the the champions that have laid the groundwork uh, for us to have the platform that we have today. You're talking your Ryan Danielsons, your Low Keys, your Nigels, your Christopher Daniels, your Samoa Joes, you know your Aries, 
you know, all these guys and, and there's more your, your Steens and, you know, I mean, all, all these guys that have paved the, that have paved the way they set a tradition. Right. And that tradition is this rebellious sort of attitude that went against the corporate image of what a champion should, should be, how they should wrestle, what they should look like, what they should wear as an, as a complete company, they sort of rejected that and rebelled against it. They were originals. And what made Ring of Honor so great is not only did the performers feel that way, but the fans felt that way. These weren't your mainstream wrestling fans. Now I'm all for expansion. I'm all for growth, but I'm also all for sticking to what's true and sticking to who you are, right? To sticking to what your nature is. And that rebellious original attitude is what Ring of Honor is. It was always supposed to be the alternative, always supposed to be counterculture. It was always supposed to be punk rock, hip hop. That's what it was always supposed to be. And that's what Shane Taylor Promotions represents in ROH now. And what I want to do, what I want my legacy to be is for the originals, guys who helped pave the way, guys like the Briscoes, right? To look at my run and to look at me and go, God damn, he would have been successful not only in this era, but our era as well. He would have been right there with Joe. He would have been right there with Nigel. He would have been right there with Steen, with Generica, with Daniels, Loki, all of them, Homicide. He would have been right, right there. The respect from my peers and my, o- and my OGs are what I want. And the last three years, I think um, the ones who have been paying attention see that. Well, I mean, that kind, of, that kind of jumps back to what you alluded to in the beginning. I mean, it's about legacy. It's about leaving that story behind. You know, something you can go back and tell the kids, look at what I've done. Look mm-hmm. what I put, you know, look at all this time I put in. Mm-hmm. And so that was what was so good about that match with Kenny King. And now, like I was talking about when we were talking and for full disclosure, Shane and I are playing, uh, tearing it up on Warzone all the time. That's why when I say we were talking about this last night, but so when we were talking about it last night, I told you after I watched the match with Kenny, um, how Corey isn't the biggest wrestling guy, but mm. after showing him the promo package that went into that and explaining, you know, the why of why this match meant something and why, you know, why it was such a big deal. Even a non-wrestling fan like Corey is able to come in and be like, yo, I get this. This makes sense. So you mentioned growth and things like that. Now that you've got your own group and Shane Taylor promotions, we mentioned that you were at one time part of the rebellion and, you know, you were part of a team with Keith Lee with the pretty boy killers, mm-hmm. you know, tell me a little bit about what went into the formation of Shane Taylor promotions. And what do you think is the spark? That's kind of like putting you guys straight there on front street, because to me, it kind of seems like you took a little bit of what you, you know, what was going down with rebellion and the things you learned and kind of made that into your own deal. So tell me what uh what went into Shane T promotions and what uh what do you think the change is? I mean, well, you hit the nail on the head right right there. I took all the lessons that I learned from Kenny and Caprice and Rep in the rebellion, took what I, I was doing you know, and all of the emotion that I, I, I felt at the time and evolved it into what Shane said the promotions is now, you know, I worked for, you know, 12 years to get to the point where I won ring of honor championship gold, you know, and I am, you know, only the third African-American male to win that championship other than Kenny and Jay. 
in the history of the company. And you're talking about two Ring of Honor legends, right? So I'm here going, well, damn, this is my time now. I won this championship. It's my time. My name's going to be in the lights. My name's going to be on the posters. My name's going to be on, on, the, on the marquee. It's time to roll. And I didn't see any of that, you know? And I remember, I remember how highly touted television champions were prior to me, right? Their, their, their matches are, are broadcast. They're promoted. They're, they're, they're put on all the social media stuff. They're bringing in all these stars from around the world to have these marquee matches. And I'm like, where is that for me? And it all started to click. And as I was seeing so many marketing dollars put, put into other companies, other performers, and I, I was like, all right, basically, if I want this shit done, I'm going to have to do it myself. You know what I mean? So that's exactly what I did. I talked to the powers that be. I got with Ron Hunt, bought out the contract, renegotiated things. And with Ron by my side, my COO, he you know negotiated for me the biggest, you know, per fight deal in the history of ring of honor and the formation of Shane Taylor promotions was made. You know, it is, it is an LLC. It is a company. And so now I'm the president and CEO of my own company. And my job is to continue to do what I do in ring, continue to outperform everybody, you know, and, and also take the platform that I have, the knowledge that I've gained and do for my guys, Khan, Moses, Ron, O'Shea Edwards do exactly for them what Caprice, Kenny, and Rhett did for me. And that's Mm -hmm. raised me up with them because to succeed by myself is one thing. That's all. That's great. But to bring everybody with me, that's what this shit is about. And that is what, you know, ends these cycles. That's what changes, you know, communities. That's what changes families. That's what builds generational wealth. And that's how you begin to make changes to the world. Yeah bringing those up with you up, you know, and not just trying to step on the necks of other people because you want to get yours. Well, yeah, that's mean, a great point. And my question with that is, sorry, Corey, my bad, the leg. Oh, you're the good. Leg, you're good. You're talking. You're but good. Um, what I was going to ask, though, is tell me a little bit about what was it that made you choose SOS? What was it that made them the right guys to be the part of Shane Taylor Promotions? Man, so – the Ring of Honor Dojo has so much talent in it, right? Like they're they're running a great program there. And I saw these two guys at the dojo crushing it, right? And it seemed like, you know, there was either just it just wasn't the right time or no one really knew what to do with them. And so I was like, you know what? I know what to do with them. You know what I mean? Give them <laughs> me. You know what I mean? And yeah. in Columbus, in my in my home state. You know what I mean? Brought them out with me. And they had been making noise prior to that. You know what I mean? But brought them out with me. Like mindset. And s- synergy is everything with a team. I, I, I'm i a real big guy on team chemistry, right? You can't just bring a group of talents together and expect results, right? You, you've got to have that time in. But people have to have the same mindset, the same goals, right? And in talking to them, and said they're oh, your mic doubt uh, is wrong. Huh? Your mic. No, you froze up for a second. You're good. Oh, all right. Yeah. It's been doing that for you guys too. I always kind of just wait to hear the end of the question. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
so like mindsets, they hungry to improve. They're hungry for success. They're willing to put in the work and guys like that. I, I know I can motivate. I know I can push to be their absolute best and, and, and vice versa. They're going to push me. So I always tell people like they don't, they, they don't work for me, right? Anybody that's under the Shane Taylor promotions banner can leave at any time, right? My goal is to bring them to my table, bring them to my house, bring, bring them to my table, show them how to eat, show them how to get their food, right? Teach them those lessons and then let them go off and build their own shit, build their own tables, feed themselves and feed everybody around them. That's the goal, right? So now it's just a matter of guiding them and doing that. And now, and, and people, and people are already seeing the results. People are already seeing their matches with, with the six man with against the Briscoes. And they're going, Oh man, SOS are going to be future tag team champs. And I go, yeah, no shit. I, I told you that a year ago. You know what I mean? I, I, I told you that. So they are doing exactly what I thought they would be doing. And I can't wait to see what's in store for them in the future. All right. Well, since I cut you off, the floor is yours, brother, man. Well, well, that I mean, honestly, you kind of already jumped on what I was going to say, because I was going to say um, that's that's basically the only way to do it, to bring up these young guys and have any real say so in the industry is to kind of build up your own brand to the point where it's like, hey, man, not only is it me, but I got these boys behind me that, you know, that I got to put food on their plate, too. So, you know we're a train and we come together, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and go, Oh, my bad. My bad. I no, need to do that. And, and, no, you're good. And, and especially like in, in these times too, of course, wrestling is an escape, you know, people want to be entertained and kind of forget their problems. But, you know, for, for a lot of us, especially when you talk about performers like myself, we don't get to get a break from reality. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, taking our experiences and putting it into what we do, but making it, you know, entertaining at the same time is the goal. You know what I mean? And to be able to not only showcase our talent, but teach lessons along the way to our fans from every background, you know, is is what we're trying to do because the talent is undeniable. The The performances are undeniable. So now it's just a matter of time before we do exactly what we said that we were going to do. And that's whole goal in ROH. So um, I was just listening to you. First of all, uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, check out the homie on uh, busted open radio. So I was listening to you the other day and there was a couple things that you said in there that, you know, sparked some interest in my mind. Obviously, the most obvious of them, as you know, we were talking about when you came in, you know, you were getting that work in whether you're in the ROH bubble or not right now. Mm -hmm. So let me know for you, like coming back under completely different circumstances than what, uh, you know, you're used to. Tell me what it's like for you now that you've had a few matches back and high profile matches back, but there's no fans. And I say this because I would say ROH has a very nice setup. Uh, that I've seen so far. I think the production value has been done real well. But like you said in that interview, you know, it's just different. You know, it's different being out there with no fans and, you know, the mind games with it. So talk a little bit about that for me now that you guys have had a little bit of time back on TV. 
Oh, well, I mean, yeah. And shout out to the production crew, the video crew, all those, all those guys and girls that, you know, are busting their ass to give you guys a, to give all our fans a quality product and, and the highlight reels that they're putting together, the major, major work that they're doing because they're, they are crushing it right now. And, um, yeah, like, so I, I'm a guy that thrives off energy, right? I love walking into hostile environments. I love being, you know, me and my guys against the world. I, I, to me, in my head, that puts me exactly where I need to be to be at my best. And so when you don't have that, it kind of throws you for a loop because it takes you a while then to start get into your groove. And especially when you're in a industry like this, where everything you do is predicated on crowd interaction, right? You're listening to everything. You're, you're listening to the lows. You're listening to the highs. You're, you're listening to individual people. If you can make them out and, and judging what you do and how you move based on that. So you're trying so you're kind of like painting by number as you go, you know, where things are supposed to go, but now you're trying to be a little more free form with what you're doing in order to, kind of predict what you think the reaction is going to be, right? So that's a challenge in itself. And then for me, because I am that energy guy and I can feed I feed off that, now you're in a situation where you have to figure out where to get that energy from, right? So uh, you have to be a little bit more self-sufficient when it comes to that. But when you're in there with guys like Kenny King or guys like the Briscoes and ECC3, they bring enough intensity that you had better match that or you're going to get blown out of the building. So uh, with guys like that, it's easy. You come in with your A game and they're ready to rock and roll. So it's no secret that there's talk, at least here in Michigan, they're saying that at Wednesday at midnight, we got to go back into another lockdown. Uh, One of the things that was (laughs) highly publicized through this whole pandemic was the treatment that you guys received from ring of honor with the way they took care of you guys and things like that. I mean, they, you know, for those who don't know Shane, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And what are your thoughts on all this that we're hearing in the wrestling world about censorship of this or censorship of that and all those kind of things. And what are your overall thoughts on the way ring of honors handling of the pandemic? I mean, first thing, first things first, you know, you have to give credit where it's due and they've done a tremendous job of not only keeping everybody safe, giving people one less thing to, wor- to worry about as it, it as in terms of their income. You know what I mean? Because that's the last thing with everything going on is to have that added stress of not having that stream of income. Right. So shout out to them for doing right by the performers. Um, it's fantastic. You know, I can't say enough great things about that. Um, and then, you know, what I mean, like it's just, man, per- performing in the bubble is like, like you said, it's awkward at first, but once guys are ready to go and you're kind of getting back into that groove, then it is what it is, and, and you're right back on the bike. Now, when, when, now, in terms of the extracurricular stuff that you were talking about for me, I am somebody that if you can make the money, go make it. You know what I mean? Like, and if you're an independent contractor as per people are saying that they are, (laughs) there should be no issues 
and making money outside of one, no issues in making more money outside of one umbrella, right? Because if you're independent, that means you should have the ability to go and secure other streams of income. That, that's, that's simply the definition of the term, right? Now, if it's not the case, and that's not what people are, are allowed to do, then, in my opinion, you would have to change the term, right? Which is fine, but if you're, go- but that that's got to be decided upon, and it's got to be clear. You can't you can't play both sides of the fence. You know what I mean? You're either an independent contractor or you're not. And if you're not, then things have to change. But if you are, then go make your money. All right. So to to piggyback off that and lighten the mood a little bit. The question really is here, when are we going to get the Shane T. Warzone Twitch channel is what I want to know. Because, I don't know, I feel like that shit would be pretty entertaining. <laughs> Say that for me one more time. Could, could you froze up a little bit? I said, the question off of that is, man, when are we going to get the Shane T. Twitch channel, bro, playing these Warzone dubs and shit? Ooh, bro. That's 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 the crazy thing though too because I feel like so many people do it that it's like I, I kind of want to find my out. own way not 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 played out because you know what I mean people are making great cash but I'm just like what's what's a new thing that people aren't doing that I can kind of create my own lane in you know what I mean as opposed to doing the same thing that a million other people are doing you know what I mean so um, all, all, also plus like for me while I'm good at the games. I'm not one of these cats that's going to be putting up 50 kills around and doing all this crazy shit. (laughs) You're just going to hear me talking shit. You know what I mean? Probably complaining most of the time. You know what I mean? But like just, just talking shit and having fun. So uh, I'm probably going to get the YouTube stuff started here, here soon talking ish with Shane T and we're just going to be, you know, playing games and, and, and talking about shitty TV commercials and all kinds of like, you know, just, just, just talking shop, man. And just having fun. Um, so that, so that's probably the next step. Hey man, I'm all here for it. And if you ever need a guy, give your boy a call, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Hey, but Hey, the question is, all right. So we talked about Warzone. Have you always been, have you always been a gamer? And if so, what else are you playing other than Warzone? I've, I've been a gamer for years and for the longest time, it was just all sports titles, right? It was your Maddens, it was your, and, and, and we're going to go back to, you know, the the Dreamcast days when, when 2K ah. was first on that. You know what I mean? 2K, I think, five for with, 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 with T.O. on yeah. the cover, which, yeah. which it, it's of my opinion that those 2K football games always played better than Madden, but Madden looked better, right? Yeah. And so my thing was like, damn, if people could just collaborate and have – the look of Madden with the gameplay of 2Ks, it'd be the perfect game. But then there'd be no point in creating more games and having people buy it if you made the perfect game, right? So, you know, business one-on-one. Never make the good shit. Um, <laughs> but other than that, like, I think I got my shooter was Modern Warfare 2. I was pretty late to the shooter game. But once once that started, it, it was like, oh, okay, like – the, the games are, are different each time you play it's different people so the game won't always be the same so it provided a unique challenge you know what i mean you face teams that yeah. teams are gunners and it's, it's fast paced or you 
play a bunch of campers and it pisses you off. You know what I mean? Like either way, like <laughs> the games are different as, as, as for like Madden or like 2K. Uh, sometimes people get into like rhythms and you get metas, right? So people are running the same plays. They're picking the same teams. They're running the same behind the back screens or the same dribble moves. And it's just played out. You know what I mean? Uh, they'll find glitches in the game or little exploits and just do them to death. Um, but with the shooters, it, it, it tends to be, uh, very challenging, but also different and exciting. So, uh, now, now that I'm in that world and the battle Royale worlds, I, I I don't see myself going back to just being a sports guy. I think shooters are here to stay. Yeah, uh, sports games are one thing I actually want to touch back on since you brought up the old school two K footballs, the old school old school ones. Uh, do you get? Do you remember the ESPN two? I was wondering that, bro. I always bro, remember the team where you, he's got. That's the what I'm game. saying. When you could see, when you could see through the face mask, did oh, you ever play yeah. that mode, bro? That shit was sick, yeah. man. Bro, that shit was sick, dude. They were the first, the first game to put like half sacks and gang tackles yep. and all kind of shit. And it was like, what, what? Once I saw point five of a sack, I was like, oh, this is the best shit ever. Like, you get hit, you get hit, hit the court, like the QB two, three guys at a time. Like, oh, bro, it was tough. It was tough. It, I'd love to see what right. they would, do, what they could do if they if they got their hands on at least that's that, what I'm you know, split that's it what I'm saying. Split it. That's what I'm saying. But EA, EA is not, not trying to that lose money, that man, money, bro. But you got to step up. This is the you know the free market world, bro. You got to step your game up. Yeah. All right. Well, they're giving they're giving us the go home cue here. But before we get out of here, we've got a couple big ass fights this weekend, and we need Shane T's prediction. Mm. You got. Davison Figueto fighting Alex Perez for the uh, flyweight title. And then you've got Valentina uh, Shevchenko versus Jennifer Maya. Who is Shane T rolling with for UFC 255? Okay. I'm going to have to go with, and and say, say, say the first girl's name again, please. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko. We're going to go with her because I'm, I'm going to let you say it because I butcher that shit. Um, <laughs> and, Just and the first the, the guy bullet, said, that's all you got to remember the bullet Shevchenko yes I mean anybody with a nickname called the bullet you're, you're going to have to take them serious right Um, and then we're going to go the first guy that you named in the male fight as well Big Wado. All right. So you think the champs are retaining in this one the champs yeah. are retaining I, according I do, to man. Shane T yeah yeah I mean, you got to go out there and take it, man. I I feel like if you're the champ for a reason, you got to go out there and make it happen. Well, plus, to be fair, I mean, we'll talk about it more when we make our picks video and all that good stuff. But, I mean, in this, these are a couple of title fights. Not saying that either one of these two don't deserve to be in this title fight. Mm -hmm. But, yo, Figueredo has been a monster and been killing fools. And Valentina (laughs) Shevchenko, ain't nobody even really gotten close to touching her yet. That's what I, I mean. It that's is. what I'm saying, though, bro. Like this is like pe- people forget, like, because there's been a high belt turnover recently. That like just a few years ago, like the divisions were damn near on lockdown. Like you had every single one middleweight. You had GSP at welterweight. You had like Demetrius Johnson at like flyweight or whatever that was bantamweight. 
it was like, bro, them belts wasn't going nowhere, fam. Like, <laughs> even be, even after that, I mean, you had like like you were saying with like John Jones had that thing forever and a half. Lot, and if it wasn't him, if he was too busy pissing hot, it was DC holding that bitch unlocked. Then then you had um, Woodley holding that belt down for years. Yeah, I mean, Khabib's yeah. now been holding it down for years. I mean. Right. Right. Only fighting once a year, but that is what it is. I mean, but uh, man, I mean, yeah, it's been a it's been a hell of a run of dominant champs. So I agree, I, I completely agree. A lot of fans are seeing belt turnover and thinking that it's just a common thing. Man, there's they're they're champs for a reason, you know. Right, right. Once once you have that that belt on you, man, the grind becomes so much different. Like even for me, like as the TV champion, right from that point on. It was different, man. Like the expectation is different. The yeah. that that target you have on your back to for for, for people to want to outshine you, outperform you, to knock you right out of, right out of the box. You got to come in damn near with the challenger's mindset, right? Like every fight, you can't even think I'm defending this. You got to go out and be like, yo, I'm winning this. You know what I mean? Like I got to go out and prove I'm the champion every single time. Well, look, we're looking forward to seeing you get the big gold belt over there in Ring of Honor. You know, TV title's cool, but we're ready to see you get that next spot. So for any of those who are listening, let them know where they can find you on all your social medias and let them know what they got, what you got in store for that big gold belt in Ring of Honor. And Facebook.com slash Notorious Shane Taylor, Twitter and Instagram at Shane216Taylor. Of course, times are tough right, right now, but if you got the holidays coming up. If you're in the merch buying mood, head on over to ROHWrestling.com. Check out the Pro Shop. Plant, plant, plenty of great merchandise there. Special shout out to Con and, Mo, Con and Moses, the Soldiers of Savagery. Their very first T-shirt in the Pro Shop right now. Go check that out. And of course, get Pro that Wrestling shit. Get, get it. ProWrestlingTees.com/slash/ShaneTaylor. And I, I and not to give too much away, man, but but we got some plans, right? Obviously. Uh, the win over Kenny King put me very high in the world championship rankings. Um, and of course, per my, per my deal, I already have a guaranteed championship opportunity in the bank. So I'm working on having two, you know what I mean? Just, just playing with house money at this point. Uh, but sooner or later, like I told ROH, you know, it, it's just a matter of time. You know what I mean? You can't, there's only going to be so many times that you can exclude me from these matches before it just gets too obvious that you just don't want me to have it. So um, we're, we're just going to bide our time, man. We're going to bide our time, plan it out, strategize. And, and when the time is right, we'll, we'll make our moves. Hey, man, I think we, can, uh, we can't hem it up any better than that. Shane T., it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, brother man. And who knows, hell, maybe we'll be online getting some dubs here later tonight. As always, check out this wow. man on Ring of Honor TV, wherever you get Ring of Honor television. Until next time, and in the in-between time, 